Let's bow our head. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here. Open our hearts that we may receive what is about to say in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to talk about Daniel. And I guess a lot of you guessed that because of the scripture reading. Daniel is a very fascinating character in the Bible. It is such so that our last Ashkash, our last international campery, the theme was based on Daniel. But today we're only going to talk about seven things that Daniel did. We all know he did a lot of things. But we're going to focus on only the seven things. And we're going to compare it to what things we can do today in our modern day to do the same thing as Daniel did. Sometimes, especially children, say, but they did it because they were men of God. They did it because those are people in the Bible. That happened thousands and thousands of years ago. So today we're going to compare some things Daniel did with some things that men and women of God and children or youth of God in our modern days have done to prove to you that it is possible today to also do what Daniel did in those days. How many of you are seven years old? Stand up. If you're seven. Face, no, face them. Face the crowd. Thank you. How many of you would like to have one of these kids now, this moment, be your pastor? Hmm, everybody think about it, right? <laughs> you may be seated. Sit down. But if you go back in Israel time, there was a king named Joash. He was the youngest king in Israel. He was seven years old. And he was not just the pastor of a church or a tribe. He was the king of a whole nation. So adventurers, pathfinders, don't let nobody tell you that you're too young to work for the Lord. You can do a lot of things now. Chico Cara, who remember Chico? Chico, for about 20-some years, pathfinder director for the Florida Conference, said once, pathfinders are no longer a club. Pathfinder is a ministry. Also, he said, pathfinders are no longer, or the youth of the church, are no longer the leaders of the future. The devil wants to put that into your mind. Oh, I can't do nothing now because they told me my church, in the future, I'll be somebody. You are the future today. The first part of Daniel we're going to discuss is humility. Daniel was humble. What does it mean to be humble? Does it really mean to just go, you, go pick up this garbage? Okay. You, go clean the shoes. Okay. That is not being humble. According to the dictionary, humbleness means to not to abuse of your powers. To be over or to submit to a supreme being. So us as Christians, are we to be humble? Daniel could have said to anybody, I don't do that. I was chosen by God to be here. I don't have to do none of that. But no, every time the king told him to do something, he was humble enough to do it. Of course, under the boundaries, not to do anything against his beliefs. Nowadays, we're going to see, can we be humble as Daniel was? Yes, we can. I'm going to prove it to you. 
There was a doctor, uh, um, sorry, a pastor in Puerto Rico who graduated with a degree of doctor in divinity. So he went to preach to this very small church up in the mountains in Puerto Rico. And as they were walking in through the hall, he was walking in this fashion. And he sat down. When the first elder introduced him, and now with us, our pastor, he went to the first elder, touched his shoulder, and said in his ear, I'm not a pastor. I'm a doctor in divinity. So the first elder said, uh, excuse me, uh, we're going to introduce you our, our doctor in divinity, so-and-so. So he started preaching, speaking, very nice. About halfway through his sermon, he couldn't speak. He spoke, his, opened his mouth, nothing came by, came by. So he took a pencil, wrote on the paper to the elder, finish my sermon. So he goes down like this and sat down behind the pulpit. Every time people tried like, to look at him, he hid behind the pulpit. At the end, the, pastor, the elder turns around and said, okay, now we have to go. And he asked him, can I go out this way? Sorry, Pastor. Every time that comes here, everybody that comes here, every visitor goes out to that door. And you have to greet the people. So he stood up. As he was walking to the hall, he was walking like this. At the end, another lady about 80 years old stops him and said, Pastor, if I may call you that, can I ask you a question? Or can I give a suggestion? And then at that moment, he spoke. He said, uh, yes? I go, wow, I can talk. What happened? I can talk now. And the lady said, if you would have gone up the same way you went down, you would have gone down the same way you came up. Meaning, be humble. If you go up humble, you would have been not with pride, but God would have helped him do a good sermon. Then he would have gone out the same way. So this is proof that us, if we turn ourselves to God, if we every day when we wake up, ask God, allow us to be humble today. People will notice God in you. Number two, Daniel was an intelligent man. Do you agree with that? But what is intelligence? Daniel 1, 17 tells us that Daniel have a lot of knowledge. And he could have told everybody there in the kingdom, I know what I'm saying. I am intelligent. But he never said that. He always said, through God, I can interpret these dreams. According to the dictionary, he said that intelligence is to have a high mental capacity to remember things. He also says, that is a superior knowledge above anybody else. That is intelligence. And nowadays we have a lot of tests to test kids. And some kids at eighth grade, they might still be reading maybe at a high school level. So they have a high IQ or high intelligence. Can we as Seventh-day Adventists, or should we be intelligent also? With all my roundings that I do throughout my Pathfinder's career, I have gone to churches that even from the pulpit, they've been preaching. 
Remember, as Adventists, don't pay too much attention to school. We must just pay attention to preaching the word. That is right. That is our main thing. But God also says that we have to spread our knowledge. God put it there in us. We should always be the head, not the tail of this world. We have a person that became very, very intelligent. And some of you might have heard of him. Pastor Barry Black. Pastor Barry Black became the first Adventist and the first Afro-American to become general of the armed forces. Or the Navy, I'm sorry, of the Navy. He became, somebody who became a two-star general or admiral in the Navy. And he became the first chaplain of the armed forces. Seventh Adventist chaplain of the armed forces. And not too, about what, 10, maybe 12 years ago, he was selected to be the first Afro-American and the first Seventh Adventist to be chaplain of the U.S. Senate. I had the pleasure to meet him a couple of times while I was in the Army. And I met him a couple of years ago in Patmos Church in Orlando. He was a member of that church. And every year he makes it a habit, the 31st, he preaches at Patmos. This particular day, we were there, and all of a sudden, we still had uh, beepers. So all of a sudden, he, beepers go off. He goes, excuse me. Church, I only have 10 minutes to preach. I was just told that in about 10 minutes, a car will be picking me up right in front of the church, taking me to the airport. I just got summoned by the U.S. president. They got a special meeting, and they want me to pray for them in that meeting. So I have to be at 5 o'clock in D.C. So he grew up a Seventh Adventist all his life. He, uh, uh, opposite what everybody said, that you cannot do things if you're Adventist in the military, he proved everybody wrong, but he never went back on his faith. Also, we have Ben Carson, Dr. Carson, who became one of the world's most famous neurosurgeon for babies. The first doctor in history to have a surgery to, uh, to separate Two babies that were uh, together by the head. So people, we as church should be intelligent so we can go to the world and go to every sector of life to teach the word of God. Number three, Daniel 2, 27 and 28 tells us that Daniel in everything he did, he gave credit to God. According to the dictionary, it says, to give credit to somebody is to show respect and appreciation and recognize that somebody did something for you. So adventurers and pathfinders, give credit to your staff sometimes for things you do. There was a director once who, a pathfinder club director, the pastor said, thank you to all the staff, thanks to everybody for all you do. And from the back, the director stands up, pastor, I'm the director. Never do that. A good director gives credit to his staff, not to himself. Same way that Daniel did. Daniel always said, I can only interpret these dreams because I prayed and God revealed it to me. Nowadays, there's also people that we know that have done and have done and given credit to God. Who knows who Neil Armstrong is or have heard of him? Neil Armstrong was the first man to walk on the moon. Some of this, what I'm going to say now, some might know it, some might not. Neil Armstrong was raised in Cocoa Beach. Neil Armstrong 
grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist church. But during his youth, he, you know, he got away from the church. When he was selected to be an astronaut, he said, let me pray about this. And he said, I am not worthy to do this. And his grandmother told him, Neil, if God puts you in this path, that means you can do it. Plus, what did Daniel say? And science will spread. And that's why when he first stepped on the moon, he said, this is a big mankind, a thing to God, whatever those words said. And he said, Psalm 23. And he said, God, I'm not worth you this, but in your name, I'm going to go out into space. And he did it. In the later days, he passed away about five, seven years ago. Like that. He did become, and God we baptized again to the church. Also, there was a man in, in Jamaica. Anybody here from Jamaica? There was a man from Jamaica. He was the past president of the Jamaican Union. And he was such an honest man that the God, Queen of England invited him to go to England. And he got selected to be the representative of Jamaica before the King of England. He became the first Seventh-day Adventist to be knighted by a king or queen. She took her sword, put it on his shoulder, and he became a knight. And he's still now the official representative of Jamaica before the Queen of England. Sec uh, fourth thing about Daniel is found in Daniel, Daniel 1, 8 to 10, and Daniel 3, verses 6. He says that he always kept himself faithful. What is faithful to you? The missionary says that to have faith is be strong in your conviction. Believe over anything and everything that what you do is the correct thing. About 10 years ago, I changed jobs. When I was interviewing with Human Resources, first thing I told them, I don't work Friday nights. And they told me, well, I'm sorry, your shift is 10 to 7. I go, well, I can do that probably in the summertime, but during wintertime, I cannot do it. I will work Monday to, Monday to Thursday, and on Friday, I'll work earlier if you want me to. Well, let's see what we can do. Well, they came back and told me, well, what is the reason why you, know, you don't do this? I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And they said, okay. No problem. You can do it. But another friend of mine had the same issue. He told him, well, maybe once a month I can do it as an emergency purpose. Well, guess what? The next month, what did he tell him? You did it once. Watch one more time. You God will forgive you. So he got hooked on it, hooked on it, and he couldn't get away from it. So people, when you go on these job interviews or go anything else, be firm. God will help you. He'll find a way out. Daniel could have said, you know what? My parents are not here. They're back in, in Israel. I'm here in Babylon now. Nobody's going to see me. I'm going to do just once what the king wants me to do. But Daniel did not do that. Daniel and his friends kept faithful. But you might think, well, that was Daniel. Because Daniel was with God all the time. But guess what? Nowadays, it can still be done. There was a young man about seven years ago. I think he was from Georgia somewhere. He was seven foot two. So what sport do you think he played? Basketball. He also played volleyball, but his main thing was basketball. This kid was very, very good in basketball. He was in high school. And every college in the United States was up to this kid. 
to draft him, you know, the NCAA drafting. And everybody told him the same thing. Here's your contract. We're going to give you a four-year scholarship to do anything you want, as long as you play basketball for us. And he sat down, made a contract, said, sure, no problem. But one thing, I will not play on Friday night or Saturday. They told him, what? They go, yeah, well, I can't, we can't do that. Well, why not? Well, most of the games in college games are Friday nights or Saturdays. They go, then I won't play. And he get firm, get firm, get firm. And he never got drafted because everybody told him the same thing. So he decided to go to Southern University. And they told him in Southern, oh, yeah, we participate in the evangelical something, uh, scholastic sport union. So they play, you know, and they allow Adventist colleges to play there too. And they respect the Sabbath for them. And that kid is now a pastor. So he kept firm. He kept faithful to his conviction. We also can do that in our days. Uh, I don't know how many of you have heard of, or gone and watched that Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. That Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is very particular. You have to be a certain height. You have to sign a contract that you cannot do a whole bunch of stuff. So this kid go, you know what? I can do this. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do this. I don't do that. And everybody that goes, every soldier, whether you're Christian or not, you have to abide by those laws. And you have to live below the tomb. There's some barracks there. That's where you live. For three years, you have to sign a three-year contract. And everybody in the army, their goal is to do that. There was a kid who said, I want to do this. I'm a soldier. Why not? During the interview, he said, I will not guard the tomb on Friday nights or Saturdays. Oh, you can't do that. You got to be available 25 days a day, 24 hours a day, seven days, I mean, seven days a week, 25 days a year. I'm available. I'll be here, but I will not be guarding. Oh, why not? I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Well, we never had this before. Let's see what we can do. So the whole uh, Congress, uh, not Congress, Department of Defense met. Six months later, they came to him and said, you know what? We'll try it out. See how it works. And he became one of the elite guard of the tomb of the unknown soldier. That person is going to be giving his testimony in Camp Colacqua during the Southern Union in October. Well, he was invited. He said he was coming. We'll see that he's, he'll be there. <laughs> but he's supposed to be one of the guests, uh, guests this year. What's that? <laughs> Number f well, I don't think he's in the army no more. I think he's retired. Number five, Daniel never corrupted his body. That is found in Daniel 5.4. Corruption. According to the dictionary, says it is to put to waste your body. It is to abuse of what goes inside you. It is a, dip, a moral deprivation. All these things Daniel had a chance to do. Didn't he? He could have said, you know what? I'm going to go and eat just like everybody eats. Why not? It looks good. And really, some of those meats that we cannot eat, they look good. They smell good. But that's what the devil wants us to think. He always put nice things before us. Nowadays, there's also young men and women that have kept from corruption. Do we live in this world? We live in the world, 
but we should not be of this world. Hollywood, who knows or heard about Hollywood? What is Hollywood known for? Movies, Sin City, all those things, right? Who knows who Will Smith is? Will Smith, about five years ago, said, I want to go a different direction in my movies. I want movies to be a little safer, a little not so violent. So he started looking for a director in Hollywood. Everybody's telling the same thing. But you have earned millions and billions of dollars like this. Why change now? Say, so, I don't know. I just want something. Finally, a director about 29, 31 years old came to him and said, you know, I could do a movie for you. He just looked at him. How old are you? Told him. Go, you're a little bit too young, don't you think? He goes, yeah, but I've done a couple of movies already. A couple of directors have gone to me. Really? So he got his, his resume, read it, and said, okay, I'll call you back. A couple of months later, he got a call to come and see Will Smith. Will Smith asked him, I read your resume here, but something here startles me. What is it? He said that you will, you will have the right to take away anything you don't like in the script. Secondly, he says that you will not direct any filming during the sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. What does that mean? Go, that's what it means. When the sun goes down on, on Friday, to the sun goes down on Saturday, I will not do any filming. How about my crew can work? Nope, not under me. Why? I am a Seventh-day Adventist. I grew up in Adventist all my life, and I would not give it up for any job. Will Smith hired him. He is now Will Smith's director. And he is now one of our most sought-after directors in Hollywood. About two years ago, he got interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. About a 20-minute interview. And some of you can come on YouTube and put it out and you can watch it. Oprah Winfrey afterwards said, This is the first time in my life that I really get to know who Jesus is. She said, In 20 minutes, I learned more than what I learned in all my 45 or some years of life. She said, young people like that are the ones that the world needs. They are faithful and they're kept to their conviction. Number six, Daniel was a man of prayer. We can read this in Daniel 5.10. I have a question for you, church. How many times did Daniel pray a day? Think before you answer. How many times do you think Daniel prayed a day. He prayed three times. That is true. Now, I went to a seminar once by our Jewish rabbi. He was telling us what that really meant. In their religion, they prayed at least nine times a day. Only thing is, it says three, because those are the three main ones, when Daniel spent from one hour to almost two hours just kneeling down, Praying, one, for intercession for the people, two, for him and his family, and three, for the church, or for the, for the word, for the God. But those are the three main ones. But Jewish people, during, between those times, they pray again. And they pray in between until they go to bed. But he said, 
a lot of people in this Western world think, oh, then you only pray three times. So I'm going to pray now. I already pray breakfast. I pray for lunch. I pray for dinner. <laughs> you know? No. You can pray at any time. You can pray in any situation. Also, people say, you're in the beach in, in swim, swimming suit. You can't be praying to God. That's, that's not right. God said, pray to me. I'll come to you at any time. He not purposely said, oh, well, let me take my clothes off. Okay, God, here, let me pray. No, but you're in a situation where you need to pray. You pray. Driving your car. Pray. Don't close your eyes. But pray. Some people say, oh, that's not, uh, uh, I the word I'm looking for. That's not honoring God. You have to close your eyes all the time. No. You pray as you are. If you can't stand up, you can kneel down. Pray. Daniel was almost 80 years old when the law came about the statue. And he still prayed. No matter how old you are or how young you are, we need to pray. Even doctors nowadays saying that pregnant women, when they're pregnant, they should pray looking down at their belly and touching their belly so that the baby can already hear. And that way, when the baby is born, he have that, that uh, custom of always listening to a prayer. There was a missionary in the state of Kansas. And he went to Africa. He was a doctor and a pastor. One day, the church, his local church said, let's dedicate this day to our pastor that went to Africa as a missionary. So they had the missionary day. He wasn't there. He wasn't even know what was going on. And the pastor said, Let's come Sunday morning at 6 a.m. and pray for a missionary. It was a church of about four or five hundred people. The pastor was expecting at least, at least a hundred to come. I'll stop there and I'll tell you in a minute how many came. The missionary, about three months later, shows up to his local church. Oh, I'm here on vacation. Oh, that's nice. Why don't you come? To the church, and we'll tell you everything we've been doing. And he said, oh, yeah, I'll tell you some of my stories. Okay. So he stands up and says, one day I was walking from the, uh, from the market back to the village. And I had a whole bunch of medis- medications to take back to the village. I have money that I've taken to, from the bank. And six people, six guys, jumped me. But something weird happened. For some reason, I saw them with their sword. I saw them with their machete, all these things, but they couldn't reach me. I don't know what's going on. So I left it that way. About a week later, I was going to the market again, and one person came up to me and said, Hey, doctor. Yes. You're not so tough now, are you? What do you mean? Because two weeks ago, when we tried to jump you, you had 21 soldiers with you. Now you by yourself. He goes, what do you mean 21 soldiers? Yeah, we tried to grab you and hit you and everything and stab you. There was like a shield. We couldn't see you. And you had 21 people around you. No, I always traveled by myself. The pastor said, Pastor Missionary, around what time was that? Tell him the date. Around 6 a.m.? You know, if you calculate the time, 6 a.m. local time here, Kansas time. Go, Pastor, look, just watch this. We had a missionary day. We asked all 400 people in our 
church to come that Sunday at 6 a.m. to pray for you. I want you now to count how many people came that Sunday morning. Please stand if you were present that morning. You started counting. 21 people were present. That is the power of prayer. Even nowadays, about five months ago, the American Medical Association president said that in all hospitals, they are to allow prayer in the rooms because they have noticed that prayer sometimes is more powerful than medicine. Our last topic today we're going to talk about Daniel is Daniel trusted God. Daniel 6.23. And trust means is to be sure of something. It doesn't say try to be sure. Think to be sure. You have to be sure of something. And then when we pray, we go, Dear Lord, if you think it's good, if maybe, you know, I, I, don't, I don't do this ever, but if you want to help me, you got to go like Jacob did. Fight with God. Tell him, God, I want this. If it is your will, let me have it. And some kids, I want an A. I want an A. I want an A in my exam. But what do they do all week? Play video. Go play games. Never study. You have to study. You're not going to get an A. Yeah, because you ask God, okay, go get an A, you know? You have to do something. You have to trust that he's going to do it for you. Daniel could have also said, you know what? I don't want to be throwing no lions. I don't want to be in my no lions. I'm just going to do whatever that king tells me to do it. But he trusted God. He also could have said, I'm going to go down. I'm a strong young man. I could fight those lions. Uh, no, he trusted that God was going to take care of him and God was going to close the lion's mouths. Some of you might be saying here, I mentioned Dr. Carson, I mentioned Barry, Neil Armstrong. And we might say, those are all men. So the woman of the church might be saying now, well, a woman can do anything now then. Those can do it. Young people can do it, like the guy from Southern University. But guess what? I have a woman for you. About 10 years ago, in Philadelphia, the sister of brotherly love elected their first female mayor. And this lady was a Seventh-day Adventist. And they asked her, how can you balance your religion with politics? She goes, because I trust God. In all throughout history, Queen Esther uh, they had Deborah, they had a prophetesses, they had a judges that were female. God will provide. And for six years, she was the mayor of Philadelphia. And Philadelphia was a pretty good city in those days. God does things for us. Another one. In Oklahoma, there was a club that was getting ready to go to Ashkosh in 2009. At that time, we had about 52,000 pathfinders in Ashkosh. About five months or six months before Ashkosh, the director told the church board, I'm quitting. I don't want to be pathfinders no more. Pastor told him, at least wait till we come back from Ashkosh. Kids are already excited. No, I can't. I'm fed up. I'm whatever. And he left. No director. But they had some money you know, still there. So the pastor started looking and searching. Nobody wanted to be director. 
One girl, 13 years old, said, Pastor, I can be director. He just goes down, what? Yes, I can be director. But, you know, you're not an adult. Well, I took to my parents. They wanted to drive me everywhere. Okay. And you know this? Yeah. You know you have to do this? Yeah. But what experience do you have? Pastor, I've been an adventurer for four years. I've been in Pathfinder for three. i got seven years' experience over anybody else. Pastor goes, you know what? You have, you have a point. But guess what? It's not my decision. Let me bring this to the board. So go to the board. Of course, what do you think the board said? No. How can that be? We discussed a lot of things that are not, you know, like minor, you know, ready, whatever. Then we just select an administrative director and let that person come, you know. Anyway, the pastor, they said no and no and no. But the pastor said, you know what? I'm going to pray about this. He prayed about it, prayed about it. He came back to the board and said, you know what? I know I'm just a spiritual leader of the church. I know I'm not a boss. I know I'm not this. But in this case, I think I'm going to put my foot down. Let's name her director and see what happens. But who's going to work with her? There's no, they don't have no staff. Got to provide. He go around the church board himself and said, Brother, I heard that you are a veteran in the army. Yes, I did about 10 years. I do this. I do that. Good. You can be a drill master. You, ma'am, I heard you work in a hospital. Yeah, I'm the head nurse. I drive. Good. You can be in the nurse when we go camping. You, I heard you drive buses for the school. Yeah. Oh, you can be a driver for... And right there, he named a staff. He went, wait a minute, Pastor. You trick us. Anyway, this little girl became director. And in three months, she collected enough money to take that club to Oshkosh. She trusted God that God was going to help her. Even though she was young, even though she was a small young girl, she did it for the Lord. If you want to know more about Daniel and his, how he also overcome a lot of stuff, read the book Prophets and Kings, chapter 39. There's a lot about the story of Daniel. Remember, as Christians, we all should be humble. We all should also have intelligence enough to go out into this world and face the world. But always giving credit to God. Always being faithful in everything we do. Without corrupting our body. Always talking to God as a friend. And always, always trusting God. And this church will have a magnificent and be the light of this community between adventurers and pathfinders. God bless you.